Emperor of the Dark Side. Ravaged by war, the Galactic Republic and the Sith Empire signed the Treaty of Coruscant, ending years of open conflict and bringing about a fragile peace, beginning a period of clandestine operations between the two rivals, a cold war that would set the stage for generations of future hostilities. It is in this time that a Sith Lord, Darth Ferris, began his personal crusade to unlock the mysteries of the ancient Sith and transform the Empire into something new. Opposed by those who had stakes in the status quo, he quickly attracted the attention of powerful enemies and promptly vanished without a trace. Ten years after his disappearance, the Dark Council of the Sith assembled assets to undertake a mission of great importance to the Empire, one that could shape the future of the Sith and the galaxy forever. Hi, this is Dan. I am playing Xander Vex, a Sith apprentice to the Dark Lord Darth Studis. Darth Studis is in what we say a uh, self-imposed exile because he and I have a bit different philosophy on the nature of the Force. Different than the standard Sith way of thinking, where Sith is all about hate and focusing your hate we believe that all emotions equally contain power. And if you can master all of them, then you'll transcend both the Jedi and the Sith. Your master is, in the perspective of the Sith, he's gone into hiding. Okay. Because his teachings mirror the teachings of his master. And it's becoming a almost like a lineage of this malcontents within the within the Sith. So he's gone into hiding, and he his form of going into hiding is he's uh, posing as a philosophy instructor on Alderaan okay. under an assumed name, and he's pretty good at hiding his force abilities, you know, so people can't detect him. So like he's a mundane, right? That's a Sith trick, actually, is to be able to do that, which at this point in the Old Republic, people have forgotten. So he had uncovered it, or his master had uncovered it at one point, and that's how he's doing this. He doesn't expect you to do it because you are kind of coming into your own at this point and being able to make your own decisions. You're his apprentice, but he gives you a lot of leeway. His philosophy on training is not like the traditional academy where you do this 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 and this it's you grow on your own with my guidance very much like the sith later on in the timeline between you know like sidious and vader and that kind of thing you are his pupil and you show him respect but he doesn't dictate every moment of your life you received a message that he wanted to speak to you and you knew where he was so you arrive in alderaan you're sitting with him at a very uh bohemian cantina in the island city of Belo Anir, which is a island city. A lot of artists and things like that. As you're sitting there sipping uh, a brewed beverage, he uh, looks at you and he says, I have uh, told you precious little about my former master. He was a great teacher and philosopher, Darth Ferris. It was he who first opened my mind to the concept of the transcendent force. The transcendent force hinges on the belief that there is no inherent good or evil in the use of the force. The force is the force, and it is just morality of the user that dictates good or evil, light or dark. There are other beliefs in the galaxy that mirror in Ferris's teachings, and this is mainly due to his scholarly pursuits, 
that led him throughout the galaxy investigating all supernatural rumors. So Darth and Ferris went to all these different planets where there was these rumors like, oh, there's all kinds of, you know, just these force users and and force uh, adepts and things like that. And he learned from all these different philosophies, and that's when he came up with this philosophy of his own. Would this philosophy of the the transcendent force, would that appeal to your average mundane person? Because, say, you've got, like, the Jedi Order, and that's kind of a gated community. Right. Whereas, and the Sith is a gated community. Oh, yeah. Would this concept, would that appeal to mundane people? Because it's about... Because it doesn't make you feel bad for the things that you do. Really, you're in control of your own destiny. You're not destined to be a bad person or a good person. It's You are destined to be who you are. So I, I could see that, yeah. He goes on and says, The Dark Council has sent for me. Though they are not saying it, I believe that they intend to extinguish the seed of Inferis' teachings. Are you going to go? I don't believe so. Shall I go in your stead? That is what I had in mind. They insinuate that they may have information about my master. It's most likely a trap, but I can't take the chance that they are telling the truth. I have not seen my master. No one has seen him in ten years. It will be done. He smiles and he says, I knew I could count on you, my friend. I know that he is not well. Wherever he is, I can feel it. They will send you for him. They are treacherous snakes. They will lie and manipulate to get ahead in their own little game. I need you to bring him back alive. It will be done. He nods. They will not be sending you alone. They never do. They don't trust me any more than they trust you. You could play on that. See where their aspirations lie. Their scheming is their greatest weakness. They will betray themselves <laughs> to each other and to you. You must remain steadfast. Do not kill them too quickly. If they know where he is or know how he can be found, we must have our revenge on those who took him from us. I believe that he is gone because of them, not as a weakness of his own, but perhaps to protect us. Then he is a great man. As for others that are brought in on this, the mundanes themselves. Mundanes? The mission you are being sent on is a very sensitive one in a very sensitive area. The Council knows that the presence of the Sith there may compromise the mission in total. So you will be sent under the cover of civilians, criminals. They may be useful, but don't underestimate them either. Where are we going? That I don't know. All of this is what I'm hearing from my informants and searching the Force. But I do see the end of this. Through all of this darkness, I see us passing through it as if we are truly transcending it. But you must remain strong. Do not waver. They will try you. They won't trust you. I will remember your teachings, and they will bring me strength. The next time you see me, if you see me again, I will have your master. He shakes your hand. I know you will succeed. Hi, this is Mark. I'm playing Damus Karn, apprentice to uh, Darth Invidious. Darth Invidious and myself are a very traditional Sith. We don't hold with Xander Vex and his master at all. We think their philosophy is a load of crap. It's only really only a matter of time before uh, 
Xander Vex and Damus Karn are at each other's throats. You are on Korriban. You're standing before Darth Invidious in his office. His cold eyes turn to you and all he says is, Darth Ferris is alive. I thought we were rid of his weakness when he vanished ten years ago. Why the council cares about where he ran off to is beyond my reasoning. What is known is that the council called upon his former apprentice, Darth Studis. They told him that they wanted him to lead a mission to recover his former master, have their prodigy returned to them. They all but begged him to resurface. Studis stayed in his little hole where he's hiding now, refusing to come out. You know what he did? He's sending his apprentice in his stead. That's peculiar. The Dark Council. I wish I could have seen their faces when they found out. The insolence that he shows. He sure knows how to make enemies. I will give him that. Powerful enemies of the Council. They have asked for you personally, my apprentice. To? They want you to join in this quest to find the lost prodigy. Do you know why? Hopefully to eliminate him. It's very good. They know that you are an extension of me and that you will not fail in killing him. He looks off almost wistfully. Then Ferris's teachings weaken the Sith. Those who support him or sympathize with him are weaklings deserving of their fate, the fate that you will give them. I heartily agree, Master. Studis's apprentice, the one that he is sending, Xandar Vex, is an abomination. If I didn't believe that he may hold the key to finding my old rival, I would have you kill him as soon as you lay eyes on him. Play on his weaknesses, though. Use him to get closer to Inferis, and then kill them both. Easily done, Master. Also, Inferis is a renowned scholar of the ancient Sith. He undoubtedly has found hidden knowledge amongst the ruins that he has robbed over the years. Find what you can and return it to me where it belongs. Very well. There's one more complication. For reasons unknown, the spider has taken an interest in all of this. Bah! Darth Exus... Her involvement means that there is much more at stake than merely killing a runaway coward. She is sending her favorite lapdog, Divas. He is her most trusted agent and assassin. He is certainly not to be trusted. Find out what his goal, and by extension, her goal in this is. If it is counter to ours, destroy him too. At once, Master. You may go. Hi, I'm Mike. I'm playing Kadri Divis, Sith Apprentice to Darth Exus. You've been called to the chamber of your mistress, Darth Exus, also known as the Spider. She operates out of a hidden space station. Only you and maybe one other of her agents actually knows where it is. Those who serve her, like servants and things like that, live on this space station and never leave. So it would be like Darth Maul going off to some showy part of Coruscant to meet with Sidious. Right, right. I got to make sure I'm not tailed or anything. Right, exactly. So as you enter into the spider's chamber, there's a large window behind her showing open space. So that way when she uses her hollow recorder and records to someone or even a uh, subspace uh, recording, people can't see what's behind her and go, I know what planet that is. So the room is very dark, just a, a little bit of light by the window as you walk in. She motions you forward to enter. Kneeling before 
My mistress. She says, Enter, my pet. I am glad to see you again, finally. I am sending you to Droman Kass. There you will undertake a mission for the Dark Council. Yes, my mistress. The Council has learned that Darth Inferis is alive. His disappearance ten years ago never sat well with them. They always coveted him, thought of him as a true prodigy, but they certainly did not approve of his methods. What is your bidding? I will have you do what the Council cannot do you know of Darth and Ferris? Darth and Ferris was investigating the tombs of old Sith Lords, I hear. That is correct. He is considered an unrivaled scholar in the field of the ancient Sith. He's uncovered more relics than ten of the most lauded Sith historians put together. You can see why they would like to find where he's hiding. He is not without his enemies, though. Not the least of which is the headmaster of the Sith Academy, Darth Invidious himself. Invidious despises him. Do you know why? No, my mistress. And Ferris returned to Korriban the first time since he completed his studies at the Academy. He walked right into the tomb of Nagasado and uncovered a hidden chamber. A treasure trove sitting right under the headmaster's nose and he uncovered it. Without the headmaster's input. I can see why the headmaster despises him. The headmaster feels that the treasures that were recovered are rightfully his. But Inferis disagreed. Invidious had the room searched after Inferis left, of course. One of my own entered the chamber with him, you know. I alone know what was found. It was a room devoted to Sado's master, Simus. I know that... Inferis recovered a holocron, the holocron of the ancient Sith master who instructed Naga Sado. Those teachings must indeed be ancient, then. I must have that holocron. Inferis has it. You must recover it for me. Holocron shall be yours, mistress, and anyone who gets in our way will be disposed of. The mission you are being sent on to find the lost Sith Lord... You will be accompanied by two other apprentices, rivals, with their own agendas. But you must use them, my pet. You must use them to find where Inferis is. I believe that the Dark Council has an agenda of their own. You see, the Dark Council doesn't approve of some of my methods either. And by ridding themselves of my favorite pet, they think they could weaken me. Trust no one. That is how I've been taught. Everyone has their use, and I will use them all. No one must know of your true goal. They must think that you're seeking in Ferris, perhaps for my own personal. Let them think what they want. If they wish to think that my interest in, in Ferris is physical, so be it. Now go. Yes, my mistress. It shall be done. Hi, this is Jason. I'm playing Rick Denier, the handsome smuggler pilot, captain of the Nomad Jerhawk. He's definitely not a Sith or a Force user of any kind. 
He's trying to keep his crew together while he's taxiing these people across the galaxy. It was just after a lucrative contract paid out, smuggling a box from Ithor to Droman Kos, which is the seat of the uh, Sith Empire. It was just after all of that, where you, you bring this, this box to Droman Kos, that the biggest contract just fell into your lap. 50,000 credits. Sounds like a lot, but when the Sith are involved, it might not be enough. A Sith representative named Vicent Dole, who just so happens to be on the payroll of some other friends of yours, met with Emma while you finalized your payment for your last job. And then she and Dole met with you in the Nexus Room Cantina in Koss City. So you walk into this cantina. It's a decently sized one. Very clean. Not a seedy type place like oh, I'm used to. No, no. It, well, it's right in the heart of the Imperial Capital. They don't do seedy. Okay. In the Imperial Capital. They put a lot of emphasis on putting out the right kind of impression, you know, imposing things and things like that, not clutter and, you know, rundown seediness. Uh, you walk in and human bartender just sees you walk in, points to a back room, doesn't even say a word. There's some music being played in the background. No jizz. Band. Yeah, it's jizz. So you walk into the back room and you see Emma. And she's sitting there and sitting next to her is this rather plain looking man. She nods to you and she says, Rick, this is Vincent. He has the details of the deal we've just accepted. You've accepted it already? She says, Oh, yes, we accepted it. The money must be good. She says, uh, I already had them bring us drinks. She indicates towards the table where there's just an assortment of liquor. I'll uh, take my seat, remove my hat. Mr. Dole leans forward and nods to you and says, uh, Mr. Denier, your reputation is quite impressive. As he looks over towards Emma, as is the caliber of your business partners, it seems. Only the best. And that is what we expect. That's what you'll get. The job is this. You're to transport a group of Sith to Ord Mantell, to a separatist stronghold. Once there, you uh, will remain until needed. Most likely, uh, the chance of a hot extraction may be necessary. Doesn't sound like anything we can't handle. That's How many passengers? Three. Three. I'll, I'll look at uh, Emma... She just looks back at you. She says, There's more. Go on. Dole says, Our mutual friends, and he puts emphasis on mutual friends, have an interest in the job that you are taking on. Really? Such an interest that they tapped me to make contact with you. I think Rick would probably be getting a little hairs standing up on the back of his neck type of a feeling. Sure. I'll look sideways at Emma. I trust her. She kind of gives you a slight nod. Anyway, so he Dole says... Um, I can't tell you what the Sith are up to. I have that high of a clearance. One of their own, one that they thought was dead, has resurfaced, and it scares them badly. They have called in some real bad people. So this is wet work. That's what it sounds like. And the three men that you are transporting are the deliverer of that. He straightens a little bit, takes a, takes a drink, says... Uh, a Mandalorian named Meryl was picked up on Ord Mantell, attempting to fence some stolen artifacts. Among the items he was fencing, one was a hollow projector, rather old. The hollow projector was taken from where they were storing the evidence, awaiting his trial from the judicials. I see. It was put into a box and taken to Ithor. Hmm. That box is what you brought here. It is the hollow projector that you smuggled here. It is apparently proof that the missing Sith is alive. I wish I'd taken a peek now. The Mandalorian may have been the last person to see this Sith. So here's what we need you to do. Take the Sith to Ord Mantell. When you get there, meet a man named Limix. Limix? He's a mechanic. 
But his real talent is information distribution. He will fill you in on the rest of your job. He will be assigned inspection on your ship when you arrive. So you being contacted by him and your discussions with him will not seem clandestine. Is everything understood? Yeah. He looks at you, looks at him and nods. And he gets up and just walks away. Doesn't even say goodbye. Just walks out. All right, I'll look at uh, I'll look at Emma and I'll say, well, we haven't had any excitement for a while. Well, that's true. This sounds like it could be the one. Yes, but Sith and Black Sun sounds like a dangerous mixture. Well, of course, but we're beholden to Black Sun. And for all intents and purposes, we're beholden to the Sith, too. Well, maybe this will get us out from Underbolt. That's possible. Well, I guess one thing I'd want to do before we pick up our passengers is I would want to be sure and brief my crew tell them what they need to know and uh, give them assignments that I want them to do. Like, especially, I think, for Giton, since he's my mechanic savant, make sure that all the relays between the cockpit and the other control systems in the ship are up to speed and they're working the way they're supposed to. And the backup controls in the, uh, I believe I said it was in engineering, I have like a backup, almost like a backup cockpit, and uh, make sure that that's working properly too. And I will myself personally inspect all of the... Uh, airlocks the crew is they're used to you know they've been working for you for a while so they're they know what their jobs are and things like that uh the thing that uh, emma brings up is that you know you've been working for businessmen and black market goods stuff like that this is really the first time you've ever actually worked for a sith with actual sith force users and now, he didn't specify that. Well, he he didn't, but it was it's assumed. It, it was a plot okay. implied. The Dark Council. It's like the Jedi Council. It's a group of Sith Force users are putting you on this mission. Okay. So anyway, yeah. Whenever they say the Sith, they mean the Force users. When they say the Empire, they mean everybody else. That something Emma does bring up is that this is the first time you're working for the actual Sith. It is pretty well known that the Imperials slightly, but more so the Sith are very xenophobic. Right. And you have a ship full of aliens. Right. I don't think it'll be much of a problem. She's near human, so it's not that, you know, there's enough of a close, um, you know, Zeltrons are close enough to humans that they could pass for humans except for the color of their skin and their hair. Jitan, Gunt, no. Right. Probably in everyone's best interest to try and limit the amount of exposure both ways because Jitan is all excited because he's like, oh, you know, we're going to have this mission. We're going to have some passengers and blah, blah, blah. Emma's like, I don't think it'd be a very good idea if he pesters them. Right. We might find him in pieces. Well, I'll definitely have a conversation with each of them. Actually, I have a conversation with them as a group and make sure, you know, just reinforce that, that notion that, you know, these are Sith we're going to be dealing with. They don't particularly care for non-humans and we're not entirely sure what kind of sith we're talking about here i'll talk to them as a group i mean i'll talk to the whole crew as a group and make sure they understand that because i want to make sure that syphus is aware of that i mean obviously i want syphus to protect our crew gun i'm not worried about well gun's, gun's, says, gun's going to keep to himself anyway he's also a dick right his point is when you're telling him all this stuff to, uh, of course you're the only i think you you may be the only one on the ship who speaks uh, aqualish Right. Except maybe uh, Jitan understands it too. But he's like, What I know of the Sith is they respect strength. If you walk in and you start bending your back to them, they won't respect you. I don't doubt that, Gunt. But you also have to remember that they're carrying a lightsaber. Am I wrong? No, but they're coming onto our home. Sure. They're our guests. Well, they're our passengers. It's a little more complicated than that. I won't have a problem with them as long as they stay away from me. Well, and that's why I assume that you're going to, like you normally do, you're going to stay in your quarters and, 
you know. Yeah, his quarters is the gunner hole. Right. He kind of just you're, lives there anyway. Know, I, I don't, unless I've got something for you to do, you normally don't come out of the, the gun well. So, and I don't think they're going to be wandering into the gun well. Well, I hope they don't. Well, and I'm not too worried about you. I know you can take care of yourself. But Jitan, on the other hand, I look at Jitan. I, like, give him a, I give him a sideways look, you know, like. What, Rick? What? Well, that right there. What? I like you, Jitan. Well, thanks. You know that. Yeah. Well, some people don't like kids. <sighs> I'm thinking Sith probably don't like kids. Well, there, there's no Sith kids? Well, I'm sure there are. Well, no, not really. <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it. No. So, you know, if you got somebody who doesn't have a lot of tolerance for kids, and they also don't have a lot of tolerance for aliens, might make for a bad combination. Okay. Well, I, I, I'll just stay in the, in the engine well, then. I'm not saying you got to stay in the engine room. You don't have to do that. I mean, I want you to do your job. But I want you to try and just tone it down a little bit, okay? Okay, Rick. You understand what I'm saying, kid? Yep, I got you. All right. And if you have any problems, you talk to me. Okay, will okay? do. All right. Now go on. Go do. Go check those relays like I told you to. Okay. All right. Good job. He runs off. He's all excited. I look at Emma, and I'll go. I really. I'm going to need you to keep an eye on him. Yes, I think that he's a bit too excited to remember your advice. If I have to, I'll lock him in the cockpit with me, and uh, and also I'll tell the crew. Be sure that you're aware of where the pressure suits are in, in the event of an emergency. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll just look <laughs> they at all, all. They all nod in unison because they know exactly what that means. Emma says, Sometimes what the Sith say and what they mean are two different things. They will try to manipulate you, and you may not even be aware that they are doing it. They do not tolerate defiance. They hate it almost as much as they do weakness. If they are not assured of your loyalty, we may forfeit our lives. And I'm Sean, and I'll be playing Cyphus Bond, a Mandalorian bounty hunter. As of this point right now, you guys are awaiting a delivery from, basically, Jason's guy is a smuggler. Mm -hmm. And you guys are waiting for a delivery to land on the planet of Ithor, which is where the Hammerhead guys come from. Right. Something's being delivered to you, you guys there, and then you guys are supposed to take it someplace else. So you're smuggling it away. Mm -hmm. So really... You have nothing to do. So Rick says, you know, hey, we're going to be here for a couple of days. You don't have to come back to the ship. You can just kind of take it easy. Well, one of your uh, nice little hidey holes is a luxury hotel where you have signed in as under an assumed name. And you just kind of chill out for a little while. The Hotel Moana Floating Herd Ship City of Tefonda Bay on Ithor is the posh luxury that could make a man soft. So living here is not an option. But it's nice to stay for a little while, especially when Denier and his business associate do their business. So you're you're chilling, you know, in this luxury hotel under an assumed name. They do their business away from you, mostly because that's not what you're paid to do. You're not paid for your business savvy. They pay you to blast things when their business deals don't turn out the way they want them to. The benefit of a luxury hotel is that you have this air of anonymity which can be bought. Nobody asks you any questions. No one who knows you would even think to look for you here. You're scum. Galactic trash, as what the upper echelon of people would think. So this you know, nicely dressed guy who shows up at this hotel, they wouldn't even think twice that you're some bounty hunter. Okay. But you also know that if someone really was looking for you, they would find you. And that's exactly what happens. You get a subspace signal from your comm unit. It chirps to life. 
and a coded message comes through. The message is from Maddox Varad, your Mandalorian clan leader. So somebody knows that you're here. And if he knows where you are, then it goes without saying that if, if you were in trouble with the clan, you wouldn't have gotten this message. You would have been dead. Mm. So your, your cover has been compromised here. So, But the message is pretty straightforward. It says, The Sith contacted me about your availability. They claim that they know the whereabouts of Merrill Lowe. The traitor to our clan may finally face the brothers that he failed. The Sith are offering him up to us after they get what they need from him. Keep him alive and bring him to me. That's all it says. It's not a two-way conversation. It's just, this is what you're going to do. Maddox is kind of that way. He's head honcho of the clan, and he's respected because he is a brutal ass. Mm-hmm. But he gets things done, and he's never failed in battle. At least not so far. So as soon as you delete the message, your door chime goes off. You open the door, and standing there before you is Marcin Darris, your former Jedi Master. Hmm. She is just as you remember her. Just, she? Yes. Mm. She's of her middle years, human. She's plain, a sense of weariness around the eyes. She smiles slightly as you stare at her, because this is the last person you expected to see. You haven't seen her in probably ten years. Hello, Cyphus. It's been a long time. And you're here. Why? I've come here because I need you. She hesitates for a moment, looking into your face as if, uh, you know, almost motherly. I mean, you were a child when she chose you as a Padawan. So, as I know of your association with the outlaw Rick Denier, though I do not approve of it, there is little that I can do about it. I understand that you must maintain appearances. May I come in? Sure. She steps in. Very regal. You don't know of her lineage. Most Jedi, you know, you you don't know because you're baby when you're brought to them. Yeah, She moves with a, a very self-confident grace about her. She moves in and just looks around at your luxury room as if not impressed or anything, just, you know, to see the surroundings, what it, what's going on. She turns around and looks at you again. It seems that your association may have been the will of the Force. It has come to the attention of the Jedi Council that the Sith are embarking on a clandestine operation of great importance and are going to utilize you and your friend for their cause. Hmm. I know that uh, Mr. Denier comes at a high price, and for that matter, I know that you do too. It seems the Sith are willing to pay enough that you won't turn the mission down. Money's good. Money talks. All that we know is that it involves some very important members of the Dark Council, the Academy at Korriban, and a possible rebellion within the Sith itself. Hmm. Since I know that you were supposed to hold your cover until it was absolutely necessary, it is, seems that now is the time of that necessity. I must ask that you renew your commitment to the Jedi. We need you to uncover the mystery of the Sith, their activities, and sabotage them. Sounds like some excitement. I'm ready. If there is a way to turn evil in upon itself, then make it happen. Whatever their plans are, whatever they're plotting, they must not succeed. The peace of the galaxy may hinge upon it. Hmm. I know that we can trust you. We won't be able to contact you again until you've completed your task. So I wish you well. She backs a couple steps away from you and then starts to turn. She says, do you still have the lightsaber I made for you? On me right now? No, but I have it in a very secure location. She says, that's good. I hope you've been practicing. I have a feeling that you're probably going to need it. I like a good fight. She smiles at uh, your machismo. Hmm. She says, uh, well then, I look forward to seeing you again. And she walks out.
This has been an Openly Gamer Theater production. Listen next week for the exciting first chapter of The Power of the Dark Side, an actual play podcast from the producers of Gamers Table. Gamers Table.